0: Welcome to the Champions Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To learn more about Champions Church, visit GodsChampions.com.
1: I appreciate that. You may be seated. I think this family is an awesome family. Amen? Yeah, if the team could come up. We have with us today is a is a team, and I'm excited about this team because um, they're not professionals. Because I know how people think, I know how y'all think. This person's a professional, and so uh, that counts you out. So we got some non-professionals that count you in. And I'm I'm really hoping to kind of take every excuse that you possibly can have why you don't uh, do the greatest thing that you can possibly do on the planet Earth except be born again. That's the greatest. Number two is to you lead somebody else to Jesus. We talked uh, we sang today uh, about the angels singing. Wasn't that awesome? I mean, the praise band here does really awesome, don't they? You appreciate them? Did awesome now they sang about the angels singing did you know in in luke chapter 15 verse 7 and verse i believe it's verse 10 both of those scriptures talk about how you make the angels sing it's they're just not around the throne when christians can you say when christians now i don't know who's a christian here i'm i'm, I'm I, even though i'm kind of family i, I don't know y'all uh, but Christians do something, by the way. So when, when when you lead someone to Jesus, did you know all the angels in heaven began to shout? And they begin to proclaim because that's why Jesus was sent. And every time we do this, angels begin to sing. I'd like to think when I stand up in the morning and my feet hit the ground, THEY SAY, HERE HE GOES, GET READY, WE'RE ABOUT TO SING. NOW, SOME FOLKS, I THINK WHEN THEY GET UP, THEY DON'T DO MUCH. BECAUSE AIN'T MUCH GONNA HAPPEN. BUT THAT'S NOT THE CHRISTIAN LIFE AND THAT'S WHY I'M HERE TODAY. AND I, I DO WANT TO PUSH YOU A LITTLE BIT, NOT, not REAL BAD. I won't KNOCK YOU DOWN WHEN I PUSH YOU, BUT BECAUSE WE NEED TO be COME OUTSIDE OF THIS. SO I WANT TO START OFF AND THEN I'M GOING TO HAVE THESE FOLKS GET UP. its I WANT YOU TO TURN IN YOUR BIBLES. Uh, to Ephesians, chapter 4, and it it says, it it, it talks about in verse 11, the different giftings, and each gifting is awesome, apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. And then it says, now what they're here for, can you say, I'm here? Okay, thank you, because sometimes I wonder. Now. Because you know you can be here in your head, not here. Just a thought. Turn to the person next to you. I think he's talking about you. It, it, it says that all these are for the equipping of the equipping of the saints. That means Christians, because that's who we are. We're saints. Amen. Saint Glenn got a nice ring to it. Especially for an old Catholic boy like me. Uh, and then it, it says here for the work of service, that means you got to work, to the building up the body of Christ. And how long do we do it? Well, till we attain the, the knowledge of the Son of God to the uh, the mature man, to the measure and stature, I like that, which belongs to the fullness of Christ. And so today, we, we're here just to do one thing. We love you. I thought I'd better get that out before I get up the next count. We love you, but my job is to afflict the comforted and to comfort the afflicted. Now, it will depend at the end of the day where you're at, amen? Some of you might walk off and say, that guy just ticks me off. I did my job then. Amen? amen? He makes me so mad. He thinks everything is about winning the lost. I did my job. Amen? But if you walk away and say, this is the business as usual, I'll have to press harder the next time i get up amen i'd like to start off with awesome woman of god if you could give her a big hand la donna graber she's powerful she's full of wisdom she's awesome what else can i say i'm not gonna say that she said old, oh, because i'm trailing her but here you go
2: Yes, my name is LaDonna and I'm going to be 70 this year. I'm entering a new season and I've been through lots of seasons. And God has been with me through them all. Yes, I was born in 1953, long time ago. And I was born into a very dysfunctional family. My parents were alcoholics, and they didn't know Jesus, not at all. And there was a lot of abuse as I grew up, a lot of verbal abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, and even sexual abuse as I was growing up. But the one thing they did do is send us to Sunday school. Yes, and that was my haven. Those, those people at that Bible church told me about Jesus. And I received Jesus into my heart at a Bible school at eight years old. Is it possible to really be born again at eight years old? Absolutely, it carried me all these years. At eight years old, I received Jesus in my heart and knew that he was real. And when my parents would fight and throw butcher knives at each other, I would run to a closet, I would drop to my knees, and I would beg God, just make me big. Father God, make me big so I could take care of my brothers and sisters. That's what I wanted. And then at 11 years old, I see my father beat to death his best friend another tragedy another painful thing that happened and so I, I experienced many painful things but you know God was faithful I never left the father I would run to him not away from him but I'd always run to God for my peace and he would comfort me and he was faithful to send people across my path to minister to me and comfort me and I could go to the church and they would minister the Word of God to me and I would grow and grow and even as an adult I got the opportunity to go back to one of those Sunday school teachers back to the when I got born again when I was 8 he's in his late 80s now but he's still living And I told him that I give you credit for over 30 years of children's ministry that I've done. Because you told me about Jesus. You gave me hope when I had no hope. And told me about the Savior. And it has made all the difference in my life. And he said, I didn't know any of this stuff was going on. And I said, no, I buried it, and I kept it hidden from everyone. At 17, I got married to my dear husband, the sweetheart of high school, my high school sweetheart. Stand up, Lowell. (laughs) His his aunt just told me this week, do you know they gave us a 10% chance of making it? 10%. And his mother even said, at the wedding, well, we'll see how long this lasts. I was already three months pregnant. And they knew what kind of family I'd come from. But thank God, he had some wisdom on the inside of him. He had got, been raised in a, in a, a, a Christian home. And they were a little disappointed at the girl that he had picked out (laughs) but you know what God had a plan and when I told I had never even told him where I'd come from what my family was like until we were going to get married and he said people don't live like that I said oh yeah they do you just have that you've been sheltered you've not been around that but anyways God has been faithful and we, I was married at 17, and uh, we had four sons. And over the years, they grew and grew, and I've had opportunities. I homeschooled, and I've been able to share Jesus with them. And you know what? I didn't have a lot of, uh, in my upbringing, I didn't have a good example on how to be a good mother and a, a good wife. But God, again, was faithful to send older women in the church that could mentor me and tell me how to be a good wife and mother. And you know what? I get to do that now with other women, other young moms. I get to tell them what is the most important thing is to be a good wife and a good mother. Those are the basic, that's the foundation right there. We had three sons, bam, bam, bam. I thought, whoo, we got that done, and we're moving on. 16 years, girls. 16 years later, guess who's pregnant again? I was just getting ready to graduate from college with my RN degree, and now I'm pregnant again. But you know what? It never, ever, ever entered my mind to get an abortion. No never entered my mind. Absolutely not, because I knew the Lord Jesus. Somehow knew what he was doing in this one. And we had our fourth son. And he, we called him Bonus Blessing Ben. That's, his brothers named him. And we called him the Bonus Blessing. And we we have instilled in our children, the boys, I could remember as I was sitting down there, I got to think and I thought, I remember when my boys, I would, I've always been one that would get up in the early in the morning. I'm an early bird, and I would get up because you know, I had family to take care of, but I needed to get my praying done and I needed to be in the word. So I would get up early and I'd go in the bathroom and shut the door and get on my knees and pray and intercede. And pray and cry out to God and here would come little Joshua and he'd get down there beside me and he said mama don't cry it's gonna be all right mama don't cry that boy would see mama cry and he knew that I was praying I said Joshua mama's just praying and talking to Jesus but over the years I could tell you a number of times that I had opportunities, that I needed to pray for my boys. There were times that Joshua, as he got older, he lied to me. I asked him about something, and the Spirit of God said he's lying. I said, Joshua, are you sure about that? Yeah. I said, how come you buried what I told you to take to the neighbors, that toy, you buried it in the backyard? how did you know that I said because Jesus is watching and he told me he tells you everything yes he does yes he does you can't get rid of get rid of get away with things with mama and Jesus you know God expects mothers to intercede for their children and pray for them I had a son that had a big stick that went in through his stomach, his groin, actually. And when he was laying in the back end of that ambulance, spirit of death was on him, and I knew it. I was not a nurse yet at the time, and he knew he was dying. He was 13 years old. And he'd say, Mama, just pray for me. Mama, just pray for me. And I'd begin to pray in other tongues. And then the ambulance attendant would say, Now, how old is he? You know, is he on any medications? You know, and asking him all these questions. And then I would stop praying to answer the questions. He'd say, Mother, will you shut up and pray? Will you just shut up and pray? And he told me, he said, Mom, whenever you stop praying, I can feel my spirit lifting. I can feel my spirit lifting. Don't stop praying for me. We got to the hospital. They rushed him in. They took Um, All the tests and the doctor told me it's a miracle your son's alive That stick went right up against his aorta He said it's a miracle that he did die instantly Did I know all that was going to happen But no this mama had been on her knees We have to pray for our families first, so what if we live we win the whole world, but we lose our own family? God expects us to go into the world, but there's a stage in our life that we still have to pray for our children as well. We have to pray for our children. But I've learned over the years, and I've started this young, learning to pray early in the morning because that's my rhythm to do that. I read the Word, I spend time in the Word, and I pray and intercede. I listen for the Spirit of God to speak to me. Before my mind is going, hundred mile an hour of everything I want to do, get done that day. I listen first to see what the Father would have to say to me. And I've learned to, mostly I pray in the Spirit. Because I feel like I'm praying the perfect will of God then. And no matter what happens, I know that God has already been there and prayed that through. And he has set that up and he'll help me. And so I'm being led by the Spirit wherever I go. And as I became a nurse, I had so many opportunities to minister to my patients. I was a home care hospice nurse. I worked an ICU nurse. And I was a rehab nurse for a while. But everywhere God put me, it seemed like I had opportunities, even with staff. I would minister to staff and respiratory therapist, and we would have time that we would have kind of a slow time, and I would begin to share. They would start sharing that their families was falling apart or she's going to step out on her husband or something. But I was always had these opportunities. Well, it's because I had been praying and seeking the Father. He'd open up doors for me to share. And minister to them several came back to me later and said you didn't think i was listening but i was and it helped to save my marriage so we have to listen we have to have eyes to see when god's leading you into an area and sometimes it's a little bit scary but i have lots of stories i can share with you and god's told me a few That I I am going to share with you. But if you want to know more about my past and the dysfunctional past, and then I've shared a whole bunch of stories how God has led me to minister to people, I ended up writing a book. God make me big. That's what I always said when I was hiding in that closet. God make me big. And you know what? He did. He did. And I even have grandchildren now that call me for prayer. Do you know what a blessing that is? To have grandchildren call and say, Grandma, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray. I send my grandchildren Pastor Glenn sermons. They love them. I like to listen to that Glenn. Boy, that's good, Grandma. I send Glenn sermons to him. I tell them about the Holy Ghost. When, one day, Noah came down. He wanted me to pray for him, and he was having some problems. I said, Noah, you need the Holy Ghost. You need to learn to pray in other tongues. Well, I don't know anything about that, Grandma. We're going to learn right now, Noah. Come on and give me your hand. He said, What are you going to do? I said, I'm going to pray in other tongues for you so you can hear what it sounds like because you're not used to that. Oh, Grandma, I don't know. I don't know. I said, Oh, yeah, we are. And I grabbed his hand and I began to pray in other tongues. I said, it ain't going to get you. <laughs> Anyways, it's just opportunity after opportunity. The joy of the Lord just bubbles up and people see that. And you know what people tell me? I want what you got. I want what you got. Because if you going around with a sour face all the time, They don't need that. There's enough junk in the world. They don't want that. But one of my patients, when I was doing home care, I went to Mary's house. Never met her before. Never been to her house before. I didn't know her from Adam. I went in there, and I was supposed to do a start of care. So I'm setting up my computer, getting my paperwork all in order, and she had her TV on. And she's watching this show, and she's asking me questions and stuff. And there was some show on that she was bewildered about these Christian people, the way they were acting on TV. She said, well, I just don't understand that, how Christian people could act like that. And it was something about some kind of demonstration or something that they were doing. And I really wasn't paying attention to the show, but I said, Mary, it's like this. There are people that call themselves Christians. They might even go to church and, and, and they know John three sixteen. They can quote you that. And, and they're nice people and they might help the poor sometimes, but you know what? There's really no fruit in their lives. And most of the time they don't have any joy. They're kind of up and down, up and down, up and down there's no fruit in their lives and they really don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and to show you what I'm talking about here's a little illustration I told her I'm over here to do a start of care on you I know your name I know your social security number I know every medication that you're on and what you're taking it for. I know that you got high cholesterol, high blood pressure. You've had hemorrhoid surgery. I know all this kind of stuff. I know all that stuff. I know what your husband, where he works. I know his birthday too. I know your address. But Mary, tell me, do I know you? Do I really know you? And she looked at me and she said, no. You don't know me. I said, no. We don't know each other. This is the first time I've ever been here. I know all about you, but I don't know you. And that's the way a lot of Christians are. They know all about Jesus, but they don't know him. And she says to me, where'd you learn that? And I said, I think the Holy Ghost just gave me that for you. And she said, I want what you got. Really? Yeah, I do. I want what you got. I said, well, come on over here. Let's get her. Wrapped my arms around her and led her to the Lord right then and there. First time I ever met her. Now, it wasn't me. I had spent time in prayer. I had interceded. God had set that all up. I had no idea that was going to happen. Another patient I had was, was um, Jason. He was on hospice, my youngest hospice patient, 30 years old. And he had cancer. His brother died of cancer, his mama died of cancer, and now he's got cancer. And I just kept waiting for that open door. I just kept waiting for the door to open. kept trying to talk to him, and he was like a bump on a log watching TV just couldn't weasel my way in there anyway he wouldn't talk to me he just put these walls up around himself and he wouldn't talk to me finally one day he said you know I think this cancer is disappearing and I want to go back to the doctor and have tests done I said okay just sign your revoke here so because I got to take you off hospice to do that he said okay and I said um, and you know what I hope to that that's the truth I really do but I'll come back and see you if you ever need me again if you ever want to talk I'm here to talk to you and um, I'll be in touch so I had decided the best way to work on this guy is just to focus on prayer and not try to keep budding in to get him to talk to me so I didn't do anything I just spent concentrated prayer for Jason And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed for him. And I waited a couple weeks, and I called back to his wife, and she said, he's in a fetal position in his bed, crying. They found out the cancer had spread. And uh, the power of God hit me, and boldness came over me on the phone, and I said, you tell him to get up and get out of that bed and get to the table, and I'm coming over. And this is not his nurse a coming. This is his friend. And we're going to have a come to Jesus party is what we're going to do. That's what we're doing. I got over there and there he sat at the table. I said, okay, Jason, what's it going to be? The doctors have done all they can do. Are you ready to give Jesus a chance? Are you ready to give Jesus a chance? Even if you die, you got eternal life. Right now, you got nothing except hell to look forward to. And you know what he did? He leaned across that table, reached his hands out to me like this, and started sobbing. He said, will you just pray for me? Will you just pray for me? And I looked over at his wife. I said, you want in on this too? And she said, I do. I said, well, come on over here. So all of us joined hands, and I led the two of them to Jesus at the same time. They both received Jesus at the same time. And I prayed over him, and I kept going back to talk to him then. And it was several months later, he had to come back on hospice, and his wife told me the night that he died, I wasn't there, she sat beside him. He had gone into a coma. She hadn't talked to him for several days. And she sat there holding his hand. She said, right beside his hospital bed. She said he hadn't flinched for a couple of days. And she said, all of a sudden, his eyes sprung open. And he was looking up, and he smiled huge. He just like he's seen something. She said, I don't know what he's looking at, but he's smiling. And he looked at me. Nodded, took his last breath, and he is gone. And I said, he's seen the angels, or else it was Father God saying, come on home, son, it's over. Whatever it was, he's seen it, and he was at total peace, and he left. It was done and over with. Yes! Next!
1: Thank <laughs> good, You're good, good.
3: Hey guys, Well, my name's Rob, uh, I come from Sturgis, Glenn is probably more like a dad to me than a pastor, which is awesome, it's a great honor for me. You see, when I was a kid, my parents were all strung out on dope, so I didn't know what family was, I didn't know what a, well I thought I knew what a dad and a mom were, but it wasn't what they actually were. So as I grew up uh, in this house, there was just drugs, there was violence, there was craziness, parties all the time, my parents got divorced, and I was back and forth between my aunt and my mom, mainly, and my dad was pretty strung out all the time. And my life was pretty well chaos. And I thought that was normal when I was about I think 12 years old my mom got saved and I kind of went with it for a minute but I was hanging out with my dad a lot so I started doing drugs me and my dad started doing drugs together and life was just crazy and my I ended up getting kicked out well my mom kicked me out probably when I was 15 which was awesome she was good she should have done that I was young but I kept bringing cocaine and and meth and and weed all sorts of stuff in the house and she actually told me you you can come to church with us or you can get out and that part of my life I thought well I'm not I'm not going to go hang out with Ned Flanders I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the road and do my own thing amazingly enough I did graduate But i knew i could make money at school to survive by selling drugs it's terrible but it's reality so i got through all this i ended up craziness in my life i had to join the military to not go to prison once and that was fun (laughs) and and some other things were going on long story short i ended up in this crazy weld shop and god began to do some crazy things in my life i I bought a car the only channel that would come in was the christian rock channel (laughs) so i'd cuss it out i'd be strung out and frustrated and i'd be cussing this thing out but i was strung out man i was falling asleep so i'd crank the radio up and and i loved music and it it began to get to me and in this weld shop there was this little this little Short girl, I'd always crack jokes on her, tell her not to get short with me. But she would always tell me, Rob, God's got plans for you. And I'm, I'm thinking, didn't, I, I just got in a fight. I, you know, I'm selling drugs in the open. I mean, there's mainly bikers in this shop. So it was literally normal for someone to be smoking dope in the open in this weld shop. It, just the way it was. And poor Lisa's in the middle of all this. And she'd always say rob god's got plans for you and i'd say i know it's called hell that's that's his big plan for me no 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 and she she stayed on me not just a little bit she worked with me for four years she harassed me for christ's sake for four years she was on me like you wouldn't believe it all right she was just on me and my buddy, who I was always smoking crack with, came into work one day, and he's crying. I'm like, dude, what, you can't act like this. You're going to get beat up. Someone's going to take your dope, something. You know what I mean? And here, here he comes. He's like, man, my wife took the kids and left. I was like, why? And he's like, well, dude, we're, we're smoking crack all the time. Oh. So uh, I said, man, go talk to that Lisa girl. She's always giving me good advice. She she loves people. And he comes back and he says, Rob, Rob, we gotta go to this church. They got church night. It's Wednesday night. And I said, Man, I'm, I'm not going to some church. This is crazy. Right, and he finally talked me into it. I said, Listen, man, we're going to the bar first. So I, I went to the bar. And I drank an offensive amount of tequila and beer and I bought some crack. That's what I did. So we're on the way to church, and I'm smoking crack. This, this, is real, this is real stuff. All right? So we get to the church, and there's, there's a police station next door. I'm still smoking crack. I don't care. And this, this big guy comes out. And I'm in the world. He says, hey, you coming in? I said, I don't know. He said, why don't you come in? I said, why don't you let me get a couple more hits? And he says well we'll get a couple hits and come in and i thought who in the world even says that i ended up going in and all of a sudden this family just loved me this lisa girl was right there and this family came around me and i wondered what in the world is going on these people what are they doing i I got nothing they want well I got saved I flushed all my dope down the toilet I went home told my girlfriend I said I'm sleeping on the couch until we get married and we get married unless you come to church I wasn't playing within a week I moved out cuz I knew I would mess up I mean I've been living that way my whole life so I got out of Dodge but God restored my life and built a family around me. Something I never had. And what I'm going at here is, do you guys remember the day that you received him? Do you remember the freedom? How exciting it was. Who here remembers that? The excitement in your heart, the freedom that you got. You were set free. Do you remember wanting to tell everyone about it? Do you remember that? Did you think that way? Oh, my God, I'm free. They got to know. I went to work. Everyone thought I lost my mind. They're like, dude, he was pushing dope yesterday. I don't know what happened. But I began to push Jesus. And a lot of people were like, give it a week, man. He's going to be back on the pipe, okay? But it didn't happen because I found something real. I found a family that came around me. And that's what you have here. You have a family. And each one of you have a testimony. The word of God says, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your, that blood of the lamb set you free. The blood of the lamb set you free. And you have a testimony in that. And that testimony will be the power you have to speak and set others free to give them hope, hope to the hopeless. We need that, each one of you, there's not one person excluded, every one of you, if you have met Jesus for real and you know him in your heart, every single one of you has that fire inside of you, you might have to grab it and find it, but you have something to tell somebody, something eternal. Glenn was saying the other night, there's only one thing he can bring to heaven. It's other people. People. I want to bring a a lot to heaven. But it's just going to be people. And they're counting on every one of you. Because they will crack hell wide open. Every stinking one of them that you miss will crack hell wide open. Every person you work with, you have opportunities. Some people will deny him. That's all right, move on. Don't waste your time, don't waste their time. But you have opportunities and you can walk in integrity and love and draw them in and tell your story. Each one of you, you think about David, he was too young. Abraham, he was too old, there's no such thing. No such thing in the kingdom. Each one of you have an ability to speak to people every day. You have, you have jobs, you have school, you have a community, you have neighbors. You're surrounded with people and God puts you there to speak his love, his mercy and his power. I will tell one quick story. Uh, I gotta pick one, this is hard for me. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll tell you guys about a guy named Sean. I used to own a gun store. Who likes guns? Yeah. This is Florida, come on guys, all right? Huge gun state, I'm sorry. All right, so I had this gun store and there's a guy named, I'll, I'll talk about Dave Detler, that was a good one. There's a old man named Dave, he comes in and I, I don't know this guy, first time he comes in and he's like, I need a gun. And I'm like, you need a gun quick, huh? He's like, I need a gun quick. And I, Red flag. <laughs> uh, we don't do guns quick, especially like that. <laughs> Dave is probably about 70 years old, maybe 65, hard life, you know. And uh, so I said, well, at first I, I just kind of, cruised around and looked at guns with him and started to poke and prod, which is easy. I didn't just come out with, Jesus. You want to run someone off, start there. They'll be like, weirdo. Talk to him, man. Look at somebody. Look at him. man. All right, this is an old dude. I already know he likes guns. He's here. All right, come on. So we, we started with guns. Just like a guy I met in the store the other day that, Maybe he'll show up here in the next week or so. So Dave's coming, and and I'm talking with him, and I find out why he needed a gun. You know why he needed a gun? Somebody murdered his daughter. And he was going to go to the courthouse and shoot this guy. Long story short, I sat there, I cried, and I prayed with Dave, and I led him to Christ. He didn't need a gun anymore. But he got saved. He gave his heart to Christ because I, I could have been focused on a sale. I could have been focused on a rag flag, get out of my store. But I focused on someone who I knew was hurt. It was easy. He needed Jesus. I saw it immediately. I seen it in his eyes. All I had to do was take the time to get to know him because he didn't care how much I knew. Until he knew how much I cared. And he saw how much I cared. And I blessed him. I loved him. I led him to Christ. I brought him to church. And he didn't go to prison. (laughs) What happened to him was terrible. But God was able to use it for good. So at that I'll I'll end and let my beautiful wife share. She's going to have a lot of good stuff. So was that story easy? Can you do that? Can you can you start an easy conversation, and bring it around to Jesus? All right, that's easy going.
0: Good morning. My name's Alicia Ruse. I always like to tell people my first and last name because God only made one of us, right? And. Your name is so important. Who you are is so important. There is only one like you. And you know, there might be a hundred Britneys, but there's probably only one, one Brittany with your last name. And you know, the first thing I want to start out with is, you know, I came here, uh, first time here to your guys' church, and I was wondering, you know, where did this church come from? What are the roots? I want you guys to take a look around each other. Just look around this entire building. Take a look around. You can do a whole circle if you want, because that's what I did. It is amazing. It is amazing. What are there a lot of in this church? Lots of people. What else? Chairs, right, seats, seats. So what I found out about this church was this church was built on a man who had a commission from the father. This church was built on a man who sought after father's heart, which was people. He had a vision and he saw that it was to be fulfilled, that there are, there's room in the father's house, right? There's room in the father's house. You can always add more room. And I thought that was, I think that's incredible because that's the vision that's the anointing on this church that's the anointing on each one of you to fulfill the Commission that God desires this that's what this church is built on that is the vision that is the purpose that is the plan of God and by you being here you become a part of that that is the Commission that God has assigned each one of you to and you are capable more than capable because the word says you're equipped for every good work so you're in a place where god has placed you that already has a commission that already has an assignment and he chose you he chose each one of you because you're able to fulfill what god has already asked you to do so the first scripture i'm going to turn to and i would love for all of you to turn to it and you know These seasoned people say, I think Brianna said, I love that. These seasoned people say you should have your Bible, but maybe I'm a little seasoned because I love my Bible. But we're going to turn to Mark 16, 15. I read out of the Amplified, so it has a couple extras. (laughs) But it says and he said to them go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation if you only read that one scripture out of the entire Bible it says that one thing into to all of the world into all creation no one is exempt all is called all are called few are chosen right that's in the Bible you are chosen all are called and as the chosen ones we are to go and reach more people that are called so that they can come into being the chosen i mean i find that as a privilege i find that as a a special thing i'm special i'm i'm so loved that god made he put someone in my life to orchestrate a magnificent plan so that i could find jesus And that I could have the opportunity to have the life and the purpose and the relationship and the connection to the father. And that's what he wants for all of his people. He wants all of us. So let me tell you a story about a girl who was a waitress. So there's this girl, she's about 19, in this hole-in-the-wall restaurant in Johnstown, Ohio. And there were two pastors having coffee. This waitress comes up to the table and says, you know, what can I get you to drink? And the pastor here with his arms like this, did you know in the Old Testament they talk about pre-reign marriages? Like, well, what do you say to that? Do you want something to drink? (laughs) I don't know. But, you know, uh, what ended up happening is that was just the opener. You can use literally any opener to... Take even what you don't like to hear to get to the point to reach the goal. So, yes, of course, I was the waitress. I had to wait on them, right? So what ended up happening is I, the person ended up going to church. They were invited to church by the two pastors here in Johnstown, Ohio. And listening to this pastor, like, oh, you know, this is, this is great. The Lord was working on this girl. Goes um, ends up getting invited, invited up to Sturgis, Michigan. Goes to Sturgis, ends up giving her heart to the Lord, and goes back to Johnstown, Ohio, and starts getting discipled by the pastor there that the one pastor was meeting with. So that little girl was me. And obviously I kind of gave it away because I was a bad storyteller, but um, somebody took the time to care. It doesn't really matter where you're at or what you're doing. It's whether or not you put yourself in a position to sacrifice yourself, to make yourself available, to take time to care. And Rob touched on that, you know, but the reality is is what happened with that man? Well, first, let me just tell you, that was Glenn Middleton in that hole-in-the-wall restaurant orchestrated by God five hours away to come to that little tiny church that was connected to the body at the time, for this 19-year-old girl to get saved. She ends up moving to Michigan, marrying and Rob. And that actually, that pastor that was at that church got kicked out of that church. <laughs> anyway, so um, so what happened in Glenn's heart at that time? I mean, who is God? God is love, right? Love was activated in his heart and motivated him to do something. To reach those whom God loves. Now, that same act of love was, was activated inside of me, in my heart. You know, so how, the question is, is how has God's love activated you? I got a couple questions for you guys to think about. The first one is, I want you to raise your hands. How many of you are full, full and filled with faith? How many of you are filled with faith? How many of you want to fulfill the call that God has on your life? And how many of you care about what God cares about? That's awesome. That means we're talking to the right people at the right time for this day. So how do you do that? And do you care enough? So one more example here, one more story. Um, I'm a nurse. Did lots of nursing. That's an easy access point for me, actually, you know, because I get to walk in every room and every room's mine. God's there, it's mine. So I work in the ER right now, I have been there for about four years. And just last week, I got to lead three people to Christ. Praise God. But there was one particular person um, that I met last week. I went into the room, they came in by ambulance, they were withdrawing from br- drugs. They were broken. They were anxious. They were agitated. They were demanding. They were irritable, and they had been in an abusive relationship for sixteen years. So, um, what did she need? She needed hope, right? She needed to see that there was someone or something out there that would be that would be worth it. And so what, what, you, what do you do Like to boil water? You have to you know get the pot out, you have to put it on the stove, you have to turn the water on, and you have to heat it up. And it takes a process, right? Well, I met the physical needs of what she needed. I gave her a warm blanket. I gave her medicine to feel better. And then when she started to feel better, I began to talk to her, where because her attitude started to change, why? Mostly because I showed her love. I showed her love. Because a lot of times people with problems, they come in all defensive. No matter where you find them, whether it's in the ER or outside, at work, at school, wherever you go, they come in with problems. Their defenses are up. Their guards are up. It's hard to sometimes lead them, on, lead them to Christ on the spot in one moment. Sometimes you got to work out it a little bit. So I met her physical needs. Got it to a place where I could talk to her and it wasn't until the end, you know, after I fed her, after I started loving on her, after I started showing her how much I care that I was able to say, you don't have to live your life this way anymore. That you are so loved by God that you are worth it. It doesn't matter what kind of addiction that you've had. This is your day. This is your new day. This is your new life that God gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, you know. So, Jesus only not only came to save us of our sins, he came to restore our identity in Christ. Who we are truly meant to be. That means free from disease, free from mental illness, free from depression, free from anxiety, free from any kind of physical ailment, sickness, free from it all. And the awesome thing was, is I got to lead her to Christ. Now, I don't always invite her into our family. You know, this sounds a little crazy, but I'll tell you what I do. I literally give my husband and I, whether it's a male or female, I give our phone number out, and I give, I invite them to our, into our group, into our church, into our group, and I give them an access point. So even if the access point didn't lead to salvation, Say you invited, we like Rob and I, we invited a couple to church this week here. Um, they didn't make it, but you know what? There's hope. There's hope that they'll they'll come. And there's, there's hope because there's a family here that's willing to love them, despite how many times it takes to invite them. So you can't give up. You can't give in. Jesus didn't give up on us. He didn't give in on us. And, you know, the thing is, is wherever you go, there is opportunity. And so one thing I wanted to share with you is that Wherever you go, whether it's weddings, funerals, the gym, the movies, first-time experiences, there's someone that needs you. If you live your whole life for only one person to be led to Christ, I call that success. Because, Because he died for each one of us. We are so valuable. You are so valuable. So... You don't have to worry about yesterday. You don't have to worry about whether or not you have led anyone to Christ thus far. You don't have to worry about whether you've invited anyone to church thus far. Because today is a new day. This is your day. This is your commission. And this is your assignment that has been given to you by God. And the question is, are you willing to take your assignment? Are you willing to care enough? That's where I'm going to leave it.
1: Weren't they awesome? Amen? Well, I think you got the point, right? Or, or, or did you? While y'all was enjoying praise and worship, which is awesome, I really enjoy great worship. Don't you? But you know what I do during praise and worship? I hunt people. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I love when uh, Roland and, uh, Nolan and Kathy and the, the family and the rest of the folks are up here and just having a, they're just going for it because all eyes are up here and then I can hunt. Yeah. I can slide the bullet in, shove it over, look through my scope and fan the crowd. This morning, and I'm not gonna call them out, two great people gave their heart to Jesus right here. Before the service even started. Oh, I take it, take it back, there was three. My kids watch me and they just wanna hunt too, amen? There's people that come into this church waiting for people to love them. They come to church hoping someone would see them. Hoping will somebody, will anybody notice that I'm bleeding all over the carpet. But You know what we do. We're all into ourselves. I want to touch instead of touching. I want to be blessed instead of being a blesser. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost instead of releasing the Holy Ghost. This place is an awesome place. I love coming here. I love you. I love this couple here. They can't do it all. The leadership. Can't do it all. You know when I found out as being a farmer, that's why I don't, you know, you, you can see I'm real simple. Can't you? I tell everybody, I got this face because when I talk to people, they say, he's a little daft. Because people tell me the dumbest things. So I just think, it's a look on my face. You see. And it helps people just say dumb things to me. So I can get away with saying dumb things because they'll say, oh, that's just him. He, he wasn't educated or whatnot. He was born in Kentucky, that tells you the whole story. But I love people enough that I want them to be more blessed than me. I want them to experience God. I don't have to come to church every day to, to get my Holy Ghost goosebump because I I have my Holy Ghost goosebump when I walk out, get out, and I get along with God. This morning at a little past 5 a.m., the Lord was talking to me. So when I come here, I'm not worried to hear. I'm not worried about getting touched because if you can see, I'm already touched. Amen? And I want you to be that kind of person that is on But the time you hit here. You're on. Boom. Mm -mm. I want to meet Matt Dillon if he made it to heaven. Amen. Can I pull the gun quicker than him? But what's more important if I can have an eye to see the lost? Because I'll be on the lost like a biting dog. Because I love people, I love them enough to serve them more than I serve myself. And I'm saying, church, would you begin to think about others more than you think about yourself? This thing called the gospel, I just never got over it because I've I was lied to. Going to Catholic school and I'm on nuns. I tell you what, I heard one nun tell me this, so I'm just repeating what she said. I'm gonna beat the hell out of you. And boy, she tried. And it, you know what? I ended up getting saved, so it must have worked some of it. Amen. I mean I had calluses on my knuckles. I had I had hole spots, she, they had a five-foot five oar and they drilled holes in it. And she said, I'm going to pray for you, Glenn. I'm, I knew that that was going to be a painful prayer. So you reached over and you grabbed your ankles and this little nun would say, Hail Mary, full of grace, Ka-woom. and you'd be sucking air. But through all that, I can say, man, you, these, these, these nuns kept me out of prison. Or could I just say other people looking at my life through through eyes? I'm here to tell you that God has blessed you to bless others. He's made you special. You know, that ain't a good word today. I've heard people do that to me. Oh, you're special. Well, when they say it like that, that's not a compliment. But I'm actually meaning it as a compliment. God has made you in this fantastic place. So I'm going to read a little bit because I, 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 this is how I think. And maybe, you know, it, it can sometimes, you know, my wife, we've been married for a long time now. She's so just, well, just going to let him go. He's going to do this thing anyway. Because, see, I have this thing in me that I've got Jesus, and I need to release it to other people. I want them to receive the Jesus that I got. No matter where I'm at, and it even happens in church. I just don't turn on in church. I turn on every morning. When I'm walking down the street, wherever I'm at, and even in church, I'm hunting. I'm a hunter. The stronger God can be in me, The more he can lift others through me. That's how I think. Then I think, if I don't do this, nobody will. So, I'm better than nobody. How about you? Is that how you think? See, I'm trying to adjust a thinking that's in the American church, that it's not just about you. It's not just about you being some big, fat sponge that (laughs) somehow So, when you walk out, oh, it's so good. I'd rather walk out skinny. (laughs) In in reality, I wish I was. (laughs) I'm God's starting point. See, I'm just trying to help you how I think. My life is the very breath of God. When I walked up to one of the people today, I knew I i just seen it. I could visualize it. I looked several times. I don't care if you watch me when I... I'm not like you. That could be good or bad. I'm here with a purpose on the face of this earth, but I want you to have that same purpose. I want you to be on for lost people. Jesus was. He Wasn't he awesome? I was going to read you a whole bunch of scriptures about this awesome man named Jesus the evangelist. Whether it's the woman at the well, the fat guy up the tree, he was short, had some problems. Jesus calls him out, Zacchaeus, come on. Well, Jesus had bigger things to do than eat with a short, fat guy, didn't he? He was trying to save the world. He had a mission, but there he was, sitting down. Matthew, the thief, became an apostle. He was just awesome, the woman at the well. Y'all know these stories. You're still waiting. You don't go to the well no more. At my trailer park where we live at, the well broke. Then they told us, you got to boil your water. Amen? Says, I'm about to boil no water. I'll go to Walmart and buy some water. And while I'm there, I'll hunt. I love hunting. Nolan is an awesome hunter. He gets the big deer. I just shoot everything. You got breath in you, I'm going to say, I'm going to just take a shot at it, amen? I've, had, I've walked up to people and I thought they was lost and they say, well, no, I'm saved. That's okay, boom. Just go ahead and shoot it anyway. Is that okay? If you look lost, you got a problem anyway. If I'm coming up to you sometime, you got to say, oh, I I should have I prayed this morning or I should have did something because I'm seeing there's something in your life that needs to be adjusted. And I want you to encourage this God. His life in me means his love's in me. Kind of what Alicia said. I always call her Skeeter. Anyway, God is at work at me, and so he flows out of me. See, I owe God everything. He is my life, and his life flows out. How about you? See, I don't want this to be about me, but this is the only body that, it, that I'm in, you see. And it, sometimes it ain't working right. You know, I got a need that I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? And he said, uh, just look at the cross. And I'm thinking, nails in his hands. Nails in his hands and I'm still amazed. Can you say Jesus? We just did that Jesus in the street and Jesus in the mountain. Jesus all over the place, but how about how much do you use Jesus outside of here to talk about this Jesus that saved your soul? Jesus in the gas station. I, I, I've heard it before. I heard a guy say, Jesus Christ, and I said, yes, he's Lord. Or you can say, I know him too. Walk over to the guy, amen. Amen a conversation. But Christians, it seems like they've lost all their sense. (gasps) That's not the first time you've heard that. It's not the first time you've heard profanity. Why do you act like it violates you? Most of you watch movies that's got gobs of profanity and murder in it. Probably rated R. Me and my wife think if it's restricted, We shouldn't watch it. But that's just just us. You know, you can feel sorry for me. Never demean, always esteem. The purpose to never discredit the you that God created in his own image. Many of you, you, you talk about this or that about yourself. You need to lift your head up just a little bit. I'm all that in a bucket of chicken. <laughs> I, I, I really think, you know, there's some awesome stuff about a guy that's too tall and with a bad leg. Everything from God is channeled through me. You might say, oh, you can't say that. Well, I just did, and I think it's on tape. It's probably going to be on YouTube. That's why they call it YouTube, because it, it comes out of you. And it, the stronger God can be in you or is in me, the more he lifts others through me. We, we were out to eat at, uh, was it, big, big, it was a big, big Tom's, right, Big Tom's. Man, it's a, there's a bunch of lost people there. Do you know that? How many of you ever ate at Big Tom? Some some of you, some of you. How many of you eat? I just got to see this thing. Okay, about seven of you. Okay, forget it. I thought the only liars that went, went to my church. Anyway. So I go there at big times, and I end up leading someone to Jesus. I just cut right to the chase. That's what we're supposed to do. Amen? Why? That's my job. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. If you're a Christian, it means Christ like, carrying the image of Christ, the life of Christ, the Spirit of God. That's what we do. We go. Poof. <laughs> and just in case you walk up a little closer. That's what we do. Now, maybe you don't like that example. You get your own examples. But there's people out here that need you. If you could just get out of you. What's somebody going to think? One day, and you used to sing this song, soon and very soon, I'm going to see the Lord. Remember that song? I think the Gaither's singing, soon and very soon, I'm going to see you, the king. Woo! Well, older I get, I'm thinking, that ain't a long ways off. When I stand before him, you won't hear well done if we ain't well run. You won't hear it. You won't hear you went out and got my kids if you ain't gone out and got his kids you might make it to heaven but you'll never experience the joys of heaven on this earth till you go after his kids our assignment to go after his kids people that have lost their way even Christians that have been hurt right in this community there's thousands of people waiting for you, wonderful, blessed, marvelous, dynamic you. There's even cranky people that you'll reach because they can see that you're all cranked up. Wonderful you. The only thing that keeps you from doing the will of God is you. The devil cannot make you disobey God here's a big one God takes hold with my hands I really believe it's my responsibility I really believe if I don't do it it ain't gonna get done I want that to be in you when I see a person whether in church See, if I see somebody and I had the blessing and the honor, I think angels are kept on staff in heaven because of me. you, you, You might say, well, you ain't the only one in my book. I'm the only one here doing what I do. How about you? See, I want you to change your idea. Many of you will say, well, somebody will get it done. Is that how dishes get done at your house? Lord, send somebody. God, send somebody. Send my kids. Sorry, God, I got to go do the dishes. It's just simple. I mean, I have this simple idea. It gets done when I get it done. God's woke me up at night with people on my mind. Ah, I missed it. I'll get after them then. How about you? I'll work on that. We we'll just do it. Is that... Am I, I don't mean to be hard. You're not feeling that I'm hard, right? Good time to say, no, no, we love you. Try it. Okay, God bless you. Okay so I want you to see this whole thing here I want you to change because the church is waiting for somebody else to do what's yours to do who's ever around you talk to them. Well, I don't want to pressurize people I get pressure all the time I do don't you get pressure You go to buy groceries, it's pressure. To me it is. Go to the gas station, it's pressure. The more love that fills me, the more I love people and will discover being expressed through me. Poor people (laughs) cannot help poor people if you're poor in the spirit. It's rich people. I'll look out here. Many of you act like you're happy. You, look, you got smiles on your face. You're awesome. Who would God send? Who has God sent? And whatever you are, he sent you. Matthew chapter 18, right? Or 28, excuse me. Matthew 28, it says, Go. Mark 16, starting at verse 15, in the end he says, Go. We've got the command. It used to be called the great. See, so we even know the scriptures. Oh, God, send somebody. We even find it easier to open up our billfold and say, I'm going to get me one of them. I, I, I don't have time to go out, but I'll send you some money so you can go out. I heard that on PTL Club one time. I shouldn't have said that, but it's on tape. That's fine. Send money. We'll do it for you. I could say that, but I wouldn't say give me what you got. I'll say give me your credit card number. We can do it once a month then but but i'm here to what i my you know what my great heart is then i'm on close my great heart to see you do it i don't care what you are in this church to see you bring people and the more you're filled with the holy ghost the easier it is So show me if you're filled. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. They were endued from on high with power. Not just to speak in tongues. It says they were endued from on high with power to witness. A witness is someone who talks about what they've seen, what they've heard, what they've felt. Amen? All you got to do is talk about what you know. I mean, some people do a lot of talking that they don't know what they're talking about. But how about you? That's what we're here. That's why I had each one of these. The, we got uh, the gray-haired younger person here. Go, she's, she's awesome. We got y- young skier, young uh, mom, five kids, a nurse, You should be too busy to do that. Boy, I wish I just had time. You you have time. Most of you will make time what's important. Won't you? There's times when I'm driving and I'm in a hurry and suddenly I got this move in my body. And all of a sudden I have to turn off and go to a rest area because I'm moved by something important. We, We take time. But the real purpose or mural thing that I'm telling you, most of us don't see that it's important. Most of us will see this, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven and I need to be blessed. And yet there's a lot of people that need your blessing. They need your hug. They need your love. So when they come in here, I hope you're looking from now on. I hope you're hunting. When they go to leave, if you've seen somebody who was lost and they didn't come down the altar, just kind of stroll over. Bam, Point blank range. You're right in front of them. You can't miss. And just say, I, I seen you, you didn't go down. And I've seen God all over you. Let's just take some time right now. Because then they leave, you may never see him again. You, how many of you think you can do that? The rest needs to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Maybe you didn't hear me. Shandai, Karabu, Shuku, Harane, That's not power from on high. That's speaking in tongues. Power is, boom. Being a witness. I want, listen, here's my desire. I believe I can prove it biblically. Go get them, get as many as you can. Fill this church. This church could be filled by you. But you'll have to think of somebody else. Well, I'm a teacher, so lead them to Christ. I'm a prophet. Prophets, don't, I knew a couple of prophets. I told them, shame on you. You can read people like a book. They'll walk downtown and read the book. Bam, 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 bam. Can you imagine that? Wouldn't that be awesome? let walk, and you know you want to get touched people? Prophets to do it. Amen. I got a friend in Paul Kidd. He's, he went back to the office after hearing me a few times, led three or four people to Christ in one day. Come on. Man, I wish I was a prophet. I'm just ordinary evangelist, hunting people, shooting a lie. I'm going to open up an altar call. Is that okay? I'm going to give you, why don't you stand? I'm going to get you halfway there. Sometimes Christians have a hard time moving. So, what we're going to do, and you know what? I'll tell you, your pastor is so wonderful to work with that, and he's trusting and he's kind. And you know what he wants? He wants. Take this town. Did you hear him say that? Yeah. He said he liked to turn the town upside, yeah. Yeah. which is, yeah. how's he going to do that? Yeah. Nolan, Kathy, would you just come up here? I'm, now it's going to get real scary. They're just brave people. They're here. They were called here. How do I know? Because they're here. Is that too much for you? And they, they pour their hearts out. And they love you. They care for you. They've wrapped their kids around this church, too, and their family their family time once he invited me to Thanksgiving and he probably would keep it up but I said protect certain times like Christmas and Thanksgiving keep weird people like me out of your house (laughs) so what I'm gonna do This is, this is your lead couple. He's been sent here by God to fill this place and maybe go beyond. And God's calling you and he has you here. Even if this is your first time here, you're here. Can you say, I'm here? How many of you will say, I'm going to... Begin to reach people for Jesus and bring him here. If that's you, just come right now. I'm going to reach people for Jesus and bring him here. Around this couple, around this couple, I'm going to reach people for Jesus and bring him here. I'm going to reach people for Jesus. Because you know what? Some people reach people and they don't bring them to a church and it's almost like an abortion takes place. And they they fall away and they said i said some words how many of you will say this is the day i'll start reaching the lost this is the day i'll bring my family i'll bring my my relatives i'll bring my associates i'll bring my neighbors i'll bring the person who who uh serves me in a restaurant i'll bring somebody that delivers papers I, i'll take care of the person that takes care of my water sprinklers that takes care of my landscape then there's some others maybe you don't even go here maybe you're just visiting here now I'm gonna pick on you <laughs> will you decide to bring somebody someplace on the face of this earth because that's what this is about a decision of putting your word says I'm from Michigan I'll tell you what I'm gonna do I'm gonna bring somebody to Christian Fellowship Center or I'm gonna bring somebody Everywhere I go, lead someone to Jesus. I like that. That's what Jesus did. So I'm going to pray for those that are here. I'm serious about this right now. Serious about this. Reaching people. Yes. Okay. Okay. Listen, listen, (laughs) listen, listen listen to me. Listen to me. Okay. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Go ahead and lead. Just go ahead and skeet her, lead her to Christ. Just lead her to Christ. Listen, listen, church. This this is God. There's thousands that are hopeless, and you walk by them. Because you're busy, you might be busy going to do something at the church. Yes. That's what I'm about: yes. bringing hope to the hopeless. Right there. Yes. Yes. That's what this church is about. That's what Jesus came to bring hope to the hopeless. I have to pay away I have to give my own life and I'll tell you what you have to give your life this is about you giving your life who cares if you look like an idiot different times my wife will say you know what that looks like must be pretty good if we're gonna draw attention to it that'd be my they'll think you're No, I am, because I don't think like some people. I want you to get crazy, crazy. When you're at a swimming pool, you get crazy. Amen. Florida has a new has a law. I love. It stands your ground. Amen. Wherever I'm at, I stand my ground about Jesus. I stand my ground. I'm a Christian. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I got something you need. Yeah. See, I want you, can you just say this? I've got something, I've got something. People, need. people need. They need the Jesus that I got. That Woo! I'm going to give it to them. That's, I got to give it to them. And we can do that right here. Look at this. This is church. This is church. Just this, this lady you seen some people get saved. Well, you didn't see it. You, well, you've you seen one here. We got four and we hadn't even got an altar call yet. Isn't that awesome? You ain't seen nothing yet. When you start cooking, now, when you start cooking, this place will start cooking. When you start cooking, this place will start cooking. Then you look forward to coming to church. Whew. They might start calling you pistol Pete. Because if a lost person's around. Bam. That's who yeah, that's right. You might meet so many people at the front door and they might have to come in with signs that say, saved and not saved. Save time for you. Well, I'm gonna pray for you. Now, by you coming down, you said you're going to bring somebody. I don't care how you do it. Don't bother me any. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, go bring people. Because he's, he's commanded us to. I'm going to pray. While every head is bowed. If you're here today, listen very carefully. While every head is bowed and you, inside your heart, you heard all these speakers and you said, I don't have that Jesus. I I need that Jesus. I need that Jesus. If that's you, would you just slide your hand up? I need that Jesus. Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand and that hand. Okay, go ahead and put your hands down now. Robbie, would you make your way over here? Uh, Michelle, would you go over here, over here, straight here. The lady with the beautiful flowers on her dress. Okay, now you've seen some people. Now while they're praying, I'm going to pray a blessing upon you. Are you ready? Father, in the name of Jesus, this is about this, this church family this is about the Champions Church receiving an anointing receiving boldness from on high I'm gonna ask in the name of Jesus underneath the power of this Holy Spirit that you've given us that you touch each one with boldness that they would no longer think about themselves and if they're too busy they're too busy God let them make way for the Son of God to change their situation in their life, that they would be begin to bring, that they would be so excited and so proud of this church and of this church family. It's an awesome church, it's an awesome family. And we want to see things grow. God, anything that has life grows and it grows and it grows. So we command in the name of Jesus from on high that this church to grow. Because every part, every arm, every leg, every every part of of this wonderful, glorious church would begin to function and multiply. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, God right now, let each one know that they're blessed and they have what people need. More than ever before, right here in this Winter Haven, Lakeland, all all these uh, Lake Wales, I don't know all the places, Dundee. Oh, God, wherever we're at, the devil's about to have a mess on his hands. He's going to have to finally get up out of the lazy boy because the church right here is on the move we will be and are this day soul winners and we will snatch some even out of the flames right now right now right now father father this is the beginning i think today there's been a, a ball hike. it's wednesday we're going to, continue the school of equipping to make you better, more accurate, a better marksman. But we have a great desire. We will make a difference because Jesus, everywhere you're at, you make a difference. And this body is going to be all over the place. We're going to be all over it. This this church will never be this size again because the body will begin to function in body, brain in Jesus' name we thank you right now in Jesus' name everybody said
2: God.
3: Everywhere, everybody needs to go to lunch, right? So we're going to go do that, and there's going to be a mission field there. Keep your eyes open. God bless you. Love you. Let's let's uh, let's take this charge and release the love and the goodness of God. You can give on your way out. There's. Uh, our ushers are there if you want to give an offering to Glenn and that support his ministry to get the discharge into churches and equip the saints and waken up the saints around wherever God leads him to go. So God bless you as you go today. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing day. The Lord bless you and keep you. May his
2: face shine upon you. Give you peace.
0: Thanks for listening to Champions Church Sermon of the Week. Be sure to subscribe for more content each week. If you'd like to learn how you can partner with us, visit godschampions.com.